You are listening to the Restoration LA podcast. For more, visit us at restorationla.org. So, why I want to share this is, what is God's purpose? Really, I think it's been so great to see how worship, and like as Steve was preaching, we, we created to worship. I was like, man, that's my point's gone. Then uh, Brett shared on love, and I was like, man, I'm going to rewrite this again. And I just realized one thing is, what are we, what are, did God purpose for us? And Sarah and myself were talking about this a few weeks ago, and, and we find it actually in Scripture that God's purpose was created that we would be with Him and reflect His glory, that we would be in His presence forever. That's why we are purposed, is to reflect and worship Him, yes, but to be in His presence. And we see this in Genesis 3 verse 8. It says, Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God, and he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And then he hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. So they were walking. He's walking. He's used to being with his people. He was in the presence. This is the God, and he created everything created to worship him. He was amongst it. He was in the cool of the day, going for his stride, amazed at, just not amazed, but just taking in the glory for one of a word, right? Man would be with him. Hey, there's God, the one that created us. And now all of a sudden, they've gone and hid themselves. They separated themselves from him, not him from them. And that's where it all starts, is we are purposed to be created in his, to be in his presence, that's our purpose. And sin separates us. And so the whole gospel message is God is willing to do anything, even give up his one and only son, so that he can restore that again. That we can be again in his presence for eternity. Jesus thought you were to die for because he wanted you to be in the presence of the Father. In Exodus 29, verse 45 to 46, it says, Then I will dwell among the Israelites and the and be their God, and they will know that I am the Lord their God, who brought them out of the land of Egypt, out of slavery. We are called out of the slavery of sin, right? So that I may dwell among them. I am the Lord their God. This is Yahweh. He's, that Lord is Yahweh. This is important. We need to understand this, because we, if we want to find our purpose, we have to find that we actually need to be in His presence. Our purpose is found in His presence. And so how does this look? And it's very simple for me is we are called to be his disciples. If I want to be in his presence, I need to be with him. And Jesus, his heart was, come follow me, come be with me. And so our purpose is actually to be disciples. Because in being a disciple, you're in his presence. And then to go and make more disciples. Because just like Jesus' heart was for us to be in his presence, our heart has got to be that not one would be lost. Not one sheep. And so I want to look at disciple, being a disciple, and then making disciples. I feel we can find so much purpose. I know I have, and many of us have. So what is the definition of a disciple? It implies a devoted allegiance to the teachings of one chosen as a master. So if we've chosen Jesus to be our master, we have devoted ourselves. If you remember the church of Acts, they devoted themselves to the apostle teaching. What was that teaching? It was God, the word of God. They devoted themselves. Matthew Henry writes it like this. The proper meaning of this name, to be a disciple, is a follower of Christ. It denotes one who, from serious thoughts, 
embraces the religion of Christ, believes in his promises, and makes it his chief care to shape his life by Christ's precepts and examples. Are we shaping our lives by Christ, or are we allowing Christ to be shaped into our mold? We are called to have lives after him, to shape, to follow him. Um, Jesus, when he started his ministry, he, he preached this. And I'm, I'm putting this in there. I'm building a foundation, so bear with me. Is he preached this, repent for the kingdom of heaven is near. You know what I love is, actually, if you see the message John the Baptist was preaching, was the exact same message. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is near. Jesus didn't come and try and change the message now. The message continued. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is near. The commission to a disciple, rep preach, repent for the kingdom of heaven, is here now because the Holy Spirit has been given. And so we see this word repent. And I just want to touch on this because it's key to us being disciples. It's, it's the key that unlocks us to become disciples is this word repent. And the, the word comes from the root word metanoia, right? Um, which means to change one's mind with, for, and purpose and life, right? So just a quick touch on this is there's a word of repent we see with Judas that he felt sorrow. The word there is actually remorse. So he felt bad for what he did. But it actually speaks that he didn't have a change of heart or purpose. His heart remained the same. He was just sorry for what he had done. But God in this is preaching, repent, change your purpose. You know, I love how Jody's always shared that it's like a penthouse, right? Change your view. But it's not just change your view. It's in changing your view, you're changing your purpose. Because now you're fixed on something different. We change our purpose. We allow God to change our purpose and our life. It's heart. Every aspect of us. Love the Lord your God with every aspect is actually coming from repentance hearts. Paul writes it like this in Romans 12, verse 1 to 2. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper, uh, this is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing, changing of your mind. Then you will be able to. So it's once we change our purpose for God to be his disciple, listen to what, then we'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. We've got to change our minds. And then our purpose is to be after him. And we're going to look in, in what that is. And so we need to walk our true repentance, not just remorse. We're not just trying to make converts that are full of remorse. Because that's, to be honest, that's sad people. We want people full of joy, purpose given to them. Um, after, so just the biblical background of these disciples, right? I, I just want to look at the disciples that were called because I think there's some keys we need to see there. And the background of this is at the, it was up to the Father to raise them in the biblical teachings up to the age of 13, right? They would teach their sons. And then at that age, they either had two options. They were going to become apprentices with their dad. We see uh, Joseph was a carpenter. Or they could have a disciple, a, a person that was going to be their rabbi, their teacher. Um, if they wanted to study law, um, yeah, to be a teacher, to be a judge, a scribe, or head of a synagogue, 
He might continue to study in a small group or seek to study as a disciple under a certain scholar. And we see Paul um, was one of these with uh, Gamaliel, right? He was a man that Gamaliel was one of the most profound, um, one of the most known rabbis of that time in the city of Jerusalem. And Paul gives up his home in Tarsus to say, I'm going to be a disciple of him. And so we see this is something you actually, at the age of 13, so when the disciples were called, we need to understand this, they weren't adults. They were boys between the age of 13 and probably 16 that were called to give up, to go, in, and they were hard after this. And so it was imitating the teacher's life to teach and impress by frequent repetitions his values and then reproducing his teachings. This is what discipleship meant. It meant that you'd spend your life, you'd dedicate your life to be with this person. It wasn't just, hey, give me your knowledge. It was actually, I want to learn how you breathe. I want to learn how you eat, how, which side of the hand. Every aspect you would learn because you wanted to follow them. That's what it is. So we see the calling of the 12 disciples. And I'm just going to read from Matthew 4, verse 18 to 22. Jesus was walking. I love this. Jesus is always on journey. If you want to know where Jesus is, we'll see where we're going to be going. Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee. He saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and the brother Andrew. And now, just for context, Andrew was actually a disciple of John initially. And so uh, scholars also think John was. And so we see the encounter in one of the Gospels where um, Andrew comes to Paul and says, this is the Messiah, the one we've heard about. This is preceding this account. So they had kind of met Jesus at this point, but Jesus was walking aside the Sea of Galilee. He saw two brothers, Simon and Peter and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. At once they left their nets and followed him. Going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John. They were in a boat with their father, Zebedee, preparing the nets. Jesus called them, and immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. Just imagine that. Here's youngsters that just say, hey, I'm going to go this way. Nowadays, they'd probably get a smack or be reprimanded. Where are you going? You're helping me fish. But there, it was such an honor that someone had picked their son to be a disciple. And this is Jesus. And so immediately they left. In Luke chapter 9, verse 23, it says, Then he said to them all, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. Church, we are called to follow Jesus. We are called to be disciples, not just converts. It's not an insurance plan. I've given my life to Jesus. Let me carry on living. It's a commission. It's it's we have this opportunity of being with God. Your kingdom come on earth. We're not waiting for heaven to come. Heaven has come. We need to understand this. Heaven has come and Jesus has selected you to come follow me. The call is still there today. And so what is mean being a disciple? And I'm just going to go through some points. It is starts with choice and true repentance. So it starts with choice and true repentance. He didn't say, you've got to think about it. He said, come follow me. And it was their choice. When a disciple was called to be, if you were called to be a disciple, it was your choice to accept or not. They didn't have.
Check, check. Hello. Oh, I got this one. Thanks, Steve. So where was I? And so um, being a disciple starts with a choice and repentance. We have to choose. God doesn't make us disciples in that sense. We choose to go on this journey of becoming a disciple, and in that journey, we are made disciples. We've got to understand that it's not by force. It's by choice. That's where it starts. He said to them, come follow, and they chose to accept. Whoever wants to be, do you want to be a disciple? You've got to choose. I can't make that choice for you. I can just present the gospel, and you've got to choose. Do you want to accept or not accept? We change our thinking and purpose. So once we say, okay, I'm choosing and I want to do this, I'm going to repent of old ways. I'm going to I'll realign my purpose, my life, and every aspect of me is to follow now. Every aspect. Everything. That means family, children, finances, home, anything of yours is now on this journey. So we start with a choice and true repentance. Church, I can't stress this enough. If we haven't truly repented, we... We can't just walk in this journey of remorse because we don't find purpose then. We've got to find true repentance of our heart saying, Lord Jesus, no matter what I've done, I want to come follow you. And it's so worth it. Point number two is we've got to, then once we've chosen, we've got to be sacrificial. It says, pick up your cross, offer your bodies as living sacrifices. We've got to choose to sacrifice. Rich young ruler, I love this, he, he keeps the law. Well, so he thinks. I mean, I don't believe anybody besides Jesus kept the law. So this young man just broke the law in saying that he kept the whole law, in my opinion. That's not in Scripture. That's just Linton speaking. Um, And so Mark 10, verse 21, we see Jesus looked at him and loved him. One thing you lack, just one thing, he said, go sell everything you have, give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. This, this baggage of your riches have, has to be put aside. This is getting in the way. It's the mountain in front of you walking with me. Get rid of it. Give it to the kingdom, but then come after me. Because that's the treasure. Where your heart is, there your treasure is, right? Where your treasure is, there your heart is. And so if your heart is for me, then get rid of this treasure because it's in the way of the, treasure, the, most, the thing of most treasure. Peter and Andrew... John and James left their business. They were actually in partnership together. They left that business. They left their father and went. And um, I was just thinking of Elisha, who burnt the plow, right, and offered the animals as a sacrifice. I think sometimes I think the disciples should have sunk their boats. Why do I say that? Because what, after Jesus died and rose, what were they caught doing again? They went back to, I'm going back to fishing, my business. They changed that to repent. And we see that God actually brings restoration in Peter. Is do you love me? Well, then follow me. Feed my sheep. Take care of my sheep. Stop being a fisherman. I said I'll make you a fisher of men. We have to. Sometimes I think we hold on to too much. There's that scripture that says if we hold on to it, we'll easily go back to it. If we, you know, in um, it was in Hebrews where it talks about that they saw this as a as a that they were foreigners here and that they were going to this other place. Because if they found their home here, they'd quickly come back. And so we've got to be careful of that. The apostles, in choosing to be bond servants, that's one that's free, set free, but then chooses to be a servant. It's different. They, they live as free people, but choose to serve. And 
That's how they were as apostles. That's what we are called to be. Matthew 10, verse 38 to 39. Whoever does not take up their cross. Listen to this, church. Whoever does not take up their cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds their life will lose it. And whoever loses their life for me, uh, for my sake, will find it. True life is found in him and in following him. And to get that, we have to give up our life and give it to him. That thing of have you repented and given your life, it's not just a catchphrase of repentance, of making converts. Have you given your life to Jesus? It's an earnest thing. I've given my life to Jesus, and his life now lives in me. It's, the, it's a real thing. It's not just a, hey, I, I've given my life to Jesus. No, it's a serious thing. You'll be known by your fruits. So that's being sacrificial. This is being disciples. It, I mean, for those getting baptized today, this is what you're getting baptized into. So hopefully you're not getting scared. Because it's so rewarding. Point number three is be imitators. Ephesians 4 verse 31 to um, chapter 5 verse 1. It says, get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other, tender-hearted, forgiving one another. Just love how this morning went. Just this unity, right? Just as God through Christ has forgiven you. Imitate God. Therefore, in everything you do, everything, before you are his, because you are his dear children. I love how he says this. Because you are his dearly, dear children. And so I want to look at a scripture where we see a dearly loved child called Jesus of the Father. What does he say in John chapter 5, verse 19 to 21? Jesus gave them this answer. Very truly, I tell you, the son can do nothing by himself. He can do only what he sees his father doing. Because whatever the father does, the son also does. For the father loves the son and shows him all he does. Yes, and he will show him even greater works than these, so that you will be amazed. For just as the father raises the dead and gives them life, even so the son gives life to those he pleased to give it. And he's pleased to give us life, his eternal life. But the son did only what he saw his father doing. And I think so often as Christians, we're trying to do things that we see others doing or that we feel God wants us to do, but we're not seeing him do. And God's called us to walk with him, be in his presence, your kingdom come now. I'm walking with Jesus now. Not then. I'm not, I mean, I'm excited to be in heaven one day. But I'm also excited to be on earth with Jesus, heaven on earth. We've got to get to that point. That's the joy. And so Jesus says he only does, and then he gives the Holy Spirit so that we can, by the same power that rose Jesus from the grave, we have resurrected life in us to follow because he's the counselor. He helps us. So we need to imitate God. Imitate Jesus. What did he do? He only did what his father's doing. What are you doing? Are you only doing what Jesus does? Or are you doing your own thing and sometimes what Jesus does? We have to. When I take a breath, the, uh, the exhale has to be for God. Man, that's challenging me. I'll be honest. I, I, I heard that the other day. and I, It's an act of worship, right? You inhale the spirit and you should be praising out. And I'm like, what am I doing with every breath I breathe of the Holy Spirit? Is it given back? Then point number four is be led by the Spirit. And so we, we offer everything and now we get led by the Spirit. John 10 verse 27. 
My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. I love, that's why I did this prophetic message, right? And I was going to have like a panel and sometimes my prophetic mind gets going. So, um, but what I wanted to ask is how come some of you, not necessarily were right behind the elders, but you are still following in the same direction, right? Is, is you're following the person in front of you that was following them, Right? And we're going to get to this later, but that's important. But we've got to know the voice of God to know that at least they're following the right voice. They are following the voice of God. They're not doing their own thing, because that's how a cult quickly gets formed, is they start doing their thing. Because the sheep are so following that they don't hear the shepherd for themselves. That's not actually the direction he's leading us. We need to be hearing Led by the Spirit, John 14, verse 26. But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Galatians 5, verse 24 to 25. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified, there's that word again, sacrificed, given up the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, I hope we are living by the Spirit, church. Let us keep in step. Walk by that Spirit, led by the Spirit. Journeying with God in the presence, not waiting for that day. We are led by the Spirit. The next is walk in faith. And I think this is, this is where the, the rubber hits the road, right? Is we need to walk in faith. We are, we are purposed for this gospel adventure with Him. With Him. The Great Commission includes God, not excludes. Surely I'm with you. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 7 says, For we live by faith, not by sight. And just reading up on the scripture, and it was saying that uh, someone commented, and they just said, We live by faith on earth and by sight in heaven. Such a great way of seeing it is we still see God. In heaven we will see him face to face. On earth we see him in faith. We've got to be like that church. Hebrew 11 verse 6, and without faith it is impossible to please God, because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists, and that he, he rewards those who earnestly, earnestly seek him. You know, you read Hebrews, and Hebrews is 11, known as the faith chapter, right? And you just read these accounts, and I'm like, sheesh, Abraham offered the son of promise, that through Isaac you will have nations. But yet, I want you to go give that thing up. I want you to go and offer that as a sacrifice. Are you willing to even give that up? The promise that God's given you, give that up because he said so. Hebrews 11 verse 13, we see all these people were still living by faith when they died. They did not receive the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance, admitting that they were foreigners and strangers on earth. They didn't even get to see the destination. Church, heaven isn't the only thing we're holding on to. We're not holding on to, hey, I'm going to try and do my best to get there. That's not what God's called us to. He's like, let's have fun getting there. Because people need to see my kingdom come. My will be done on earth. Through us. It's not, we're not waiting for the destination. We anticipate the destination, but we enjoy the journey there. Uh, Matthew Henry writes about the trial of Abraham's faith. It says, The trial of Abraham's faith was that he simply and fully obeyed the call of God. Simple and 
fully obeyed the call of God. God's called you. There's no doubt about that. He created you for purpose to be in his presence. He's calling you back. Come be with me. Come follow me. Are we following? I want to leave us with this last thing on, on being a disciple, just an encouragement, because if we are going to, we're called to follow um, Jesus, right? The, the, the word was actually disciples. I know we use Christians. Christians was given, they were first called Christians in Antioch, and that was a worldly city. So it was actually just changing the way it looked. But the word, the basis of what they were meant to do is still be disciples, right? And I want us to hold on to that. Is Hebrews 12, verse 1 to 3. It says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a cloud of witnesses, all these guys of faith, ladies of faith, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that easily entangles or gets in the way, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, right? There it is again, following Jesus, fixing our eyes. Don't get distracted. Fix our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose hearts. He suffered. And in our suffering, if there is suffering, and COVID's not suffering. You know, I've got to that point where I'm like, I'm suffering under COVID. No, you're not suffering under COVID. You know, I mean, there is suffering. Don't get me wrong, but I'm not suffering. I've lost people, and there is suffering. But I'm not at a worse place now than I was before. I haven't suffered. Some people have suffered. But this isn't the suffering of the gospel, is what I'm trying to say. There is suffering. Don't get me wrong. And that's why we called and sent out to pray and heal. But this isn't the suffering of the gospel, this uh, pandemic. So I want to encourage us that... The joy set before you, endure. The joy of Jesus and being with him in heaven, the presence of God, endure. So then the, I want to come to making disciples. So not only are we called to be disciples, but we know that God's not called us to be alone, right? And so disciples make disciples. The fruit of being a disciple is more disciples. It's just natural. Is if you are with Jesus, people want to be with Jesus, they're going to flock together. Birds of the feather, sheep come together, you know. Um, Paul writes it, 1 Corinthians 11 verse 1, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. You know, that is imitate. Some translations say, follow my, Im uh, imitate me as I imitate Christ. As I am exactly the replication of Christ, follow that and then have your own replication of being a disciple of Jesus. Matthew 28, and um, oh, this is, I know many of you have, and I've wrestled with this, I'm going to be honest now, is people think we're all about the nations for me and Sarah, and it's true, we, we're all about the nations, every nation, this nation, this city, every nation, it's not just the going, it's we are going, we're in the process, and I, I've honestly, I've done some real heart searching and just saying, Lord, is that all I, I really focus on? Because obviously people are seeing this. You're only worried about going. And I just felt God say, Matthew 28, 19, 20 again. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them. We're doing that today, right? Baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, 
and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. So we call to follow, go on with this journey. We are called to teach people. So we need to have people imitating that we can teach, right? To follow Jesus, the word of God, and everything that he's commanded. And that commanded is interesting because it's not law. We're not trying to teach law. And we can get carried away where we bring law. The command was summarized by Jesus into two. Love the Lord your God and love others. And so this discipleship making is not hard. It's, you know, you can get caught up in courses and yet all Jesus is saying is, come follow me and I will make you fishers. I will do it. Get people following him again, focused on him, eyes focused on him. He will make disciples. And so, um, and surely I'm with you always to the end of the age. There are two words. There's not just go make. It doesn't say go make disciples. It says go and make. It's a going and a making. It's not go make disciples of all nations. It's, and I was looking through every translation. I'm like, man, is it go make or is it go and make in every translation? Let's go to the original. I was like, every single one of them is go and make. Two separate words is we go and make. So how do we do this? How do we be disciples and make, we don't always go to the ends of the earth, is actually because we're called to follow Jesus daily. If I'm going to limit God to only going to the nations, I'm only going twice a year maybe. I'm only following Jesus. The rest of the time, what am I doing? But actually every day I wake up, I'm saying, Lord, here am I. I want to follow you. I'm purposing myself to be after him. So go shopping. Go have coffee. Go to the hairdresser. Go visit family. Go outdoors. Go to the neighbor. But go with purpose. That's the difference. It's not, we call to go. All of us, the command is go. You know, like, I don't know if you do this with your kids. Maybe I'm a bad parent and I'm making myself vulnerable. But, like, sometimes my boys, I'll be like, hey, go do this. And they'll be like, but why? I just said go. Just do it. I don't have to explain. Let's do it and then I'll explain. Because I need them to do it quickly, you know. And I, I feel like sometimes that's God's heart. Go. Like, but Lord, I don't say. No, go. And we need to go. Make disciples. And so it's go, but with the purpose to make disciples. How do we make disciples? Teach them to obey. Obey what? The two greatest commands. Love God. Get your focus right. Fix your eyes on Him. Repurpose yourself. Repent. Turn towards Him. Purpose yourself back to Him. And then follow Him. Come with me and let's go. He always put us with other people. And so we call to go out every day. You know, I get excited for Sundays. My boys are like, hey, we're going to dress up for Sunday. And we make church a thing because it is. We come into a place where God is with us. But God's always with us. Right? He's always with us. And we need to start strapping on the armor of God every day and going out. We are commissioned every day to be a going and going out. We need to get dressed, equipped to go and make disciples. We need to get out every day. Wake up. You're going to work. Guess what? That's the mission field. The mission isn't, um, we don't go on missions. Like This is the conviction God's changing my heart. We don't go on missions. The mission is to go. And if we change that, we change the way we live. 
Because today my mission is to go. Well, I'm going to work. Oh, you got go in the word? Well, guess what? Do the work of a disciple, the evangelist. Be an extrovert. <laughs> you know, uh, um, Steve Barr has challenged me on that. Is Vincent, go do the work of extroverts. Because I was saying how introvert I am. He said, go do the work of extroverts. And we, we have to put on the full armor of God and we go. If you're going out your door, guess what? The word go appears. The first thought should be, I need to make and preach the gospel. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is near. All creation, I love that. He says, go and preach the gospel to all creation. You come out your door and there's birds. Jesus loves you. Repent. <laughs> creation. Why? Because all creation is called to worship. You want to practice, so by the time you get to the car, you've preached to maybe five things. You have got confidence to preach to the coworker. I'm not, I'm not trying to be a joke, but I mean, let's get caught up with being with Jesus and following him. Let's be with him. He was in the garden walking, admiring, and just being worshipped. And yet we, we're battling to, on certain days, worship him. God says, go and make. Let's go and preach the gospel. We don't go on mission. The mission is to go. Thanks. Amen. Why don't you guys stand? Great word, Linton. What a privilege to be on mission together. Different giftings, different abilities, different perspectives, but we're on mission together for the same purpose, the same purpose. And I think we, we need to get that. We have the same purpose in Christ. We've been brought into this family that God has called the church, the body of Christ, for the same purpose. The body goes together, right? We always think, oh, I'm the feet of Jesus, so I go. No, if the feet go, everything else goes. <laughs> All on mission for Jesus. One of the values in the life of our church that we're going to be enrolling this next uh, couple of months is that we, every Christian, is on mission every day. Every day. And yes, there is going. Yes, there's going to the nations. We take that seriously here. Going to the nations. We have a heart to send everyone. But man, it starts somewhere. It starts somewhere. And if you can't be on mission with your neighbor, it's going to be a lot harder to be on mission in a foreign country where things aren't familiar and people don't speak your language. And I don't know, sometimes you might think that's easier because nobody knows me. I can be, you know, whatever. But we can't pretend it has to start somewhere. We see in Acts 1, right? It's Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and then the outermost parts. And it says, and then the outermost parts. We have to, we have to get comfortable with this. We, are on, we have a purpose to be on mission. So I'm, I'm encouraged. Amazing word, Linton. Um, yeah. Jesus, thank you. Thank, thank you for this series of purpose. Lord, I pray that as you have been reminding us of our purpose as individuals, yes, corporately, but as individuals, as worshipers, as lovers of people, as lovers of God, those who have a purpose to make disciples, 
to duplicate what you have done in our lives for others. Multiplication is on your heart, Lord. Lord, I pray we have a revelation of that as we see our neighbors, that we, we, we just aren't uh, um, blind to their spiritual condition. Wake us up, Jesus. Help us see. Help us see the desperation of this world. Help us, Lord. I pray every person in this place, every person in this place, that they will not, not just uh, uh, know that they have to get something done, but they will feel qualified and they will feel prepared by your spirit. By your spirit. Because we've said yes to you, we can teach others to say yes to you. Help us, Lord. By your spirit. Be obedient disciples and make disciples. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's give Jesus praise. Awesome. Awesome. Hey, so we, we are doing baptisms. Um, I want to invite you guys all out to the front yard. Um, this is a family event. Um, and so if, if you um, didn't know about baptisms and maybe you're thinking, hey, maybe I should be baptized. If you've said yes to Jesus, I say this all the time, then you should be baptized. Uh, and so if, if you didn't know we were doing baptism today, you want to be baptized, please come and see me. Um, yeah, we would love to make arrangements to do that today. Other than that, we, we do have people who are already ready to do that, and we'd love to invite each and every one of you. There are some snacks outside or some drinks outside just to help you guys with that little um, hunger issue. Um, be, but please join us. We'd love for you to all be a part of it. And, hey, we'll see you next week. Don't forget next week thermostat after our Sunday service at 1 p.m. See you guys later.